Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is CMO Moves, the podcast that showcases the human side of game-changing leaders. Here's their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. We hope you'll enjoy their stories and take away a few tips and inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, welcome to CMO Moves. My name is David Tinson. I'm here in the San Francisco Bay Area today, and I'm the CMO for Electronic Arts. And I'm joined by Kaylin Thornton. Hey, David. Nice to meet you. Really excited to be here uh, today. As you mentioned, my name is Kaylin Thornton, and I happen to be uh, fortunate enough to lead the marketing team as CMO over at the Gatorade Company. So. I'm joining you all today from Portland, Oregon, but in about a week or so, I actually make the move out to Chicago and join up with the Gatorade family. But really, really excited to be here. Can't wait to get into the conversation. All right, let's get after it. Uh, you know, Kaylin, we've had a chance just to get to know each other a little bit here over the last few weeks. I'd love to hear more broadly about this new gig of yours, how you got there. I know you've been in it for a few months, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background. Absolutely. It's been an incredible journey and, and I'll, I'll back up a little bit and give a, a bit more of a foundation than, than how I ended up here, but a little bit about myself. I, I grew up in Texas and was just filled with a background and life experience of sport. It's passion to sport and the power of sport has been something that's been instrumental into my life from as long as I can remember. So I've got family members that 
played. My dad actually played professional football and I grew up doing everything under the sun. My first, my first sport actually was gymnastics. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to play uh, professional football much, much later in life for the Cowboys. And, and the reason I mentioned that is because it, it really has played a pivotal role in all of my experiences, both personally and professionally. Um, you know, joining the University of Texas in undergrad and then having a chance to play for the Cowboys and then kind of took a left turn and worked in finance for a while and found myself just really wanting to get back into sport and sport culture. So went to grad school at Stanford and, and had an incredible experience there and then ended up at Nike uh, where I was at uh, the company for the better part of 10 years and just uh, in a, a transformative in terms of how I thought about serving athletes and as an athlete in myself. And I really learned that there was just a multitude of ways in which you can engage and really fuel that that athlete journey. So after spending 10 years at, at Nike, I, I had the chance to work in a number of different roles, the Jordan family, Nike basketball. Um, I ended up uh, with a decision just like on, hey, am I at the point now where I'm really ready to learn something different, a new way in which to serve the athlete? Because I'd spent the bulk of it in, in footwear and apparel and, and all things serving the athlete perspective. And I thought, why not, why not try something new and think about how uh, I could continue to serve them from a hydration perspective, from a fueling perspective and all things that go with that. So as I was growing up, there were two iconic brands that really were instrumental in my growth. And one was Nike and the other was Gatorade. And, and so the opportunity came about to make the leap over here at the beginning of the year. And as much as I attribute a lot of my career success to my time at Nike, uh, it was time to make a move. So I, I jumped over and it's been incredible so far. The team has been very gracious, a little bit different coming into this role during uh, an unprecedented time where we're working from home and trying to navigate all that, but it's been amazing so far. I couldn't be more excited to, to join a team as successful as Gatorade. This brand has been around serving athletes and looking forward to continuing to drive engagement and impact moving forward. So a um, little bit of a background and a little bit of how it's been so far, but what, what about from your perspective, David, you know, obviously you're relatively new to your role as well, but it sounds like you've been with EA for a while. So how's that journey been for you? Yes. Um, well, I did not play for the Dallas Cowboys. And I did not play at the University of Texas. So I have I have a different, probably for some less interesting background. But listen, I was born in the um, in the Boston area. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina. I'm a proud Tar Heel, nice. uh, Carolina grad, um, huge basketball fan, uh, big football fan as well. But, uh, you know, I had a chance um, in the early part of my time, both in school and internships and in early jobs out of school, I was really always around athletics and started to be around the intersection of entertainment. I worked for the Carolina Athletic Department. I worked at the UT Athletic Department. I spent a little time in Austin. I, I got to do a, a, an amazing summer program with the United States Olympic Committee out in Colorado. I worked for NBC Sports. I got to work in 30 Rock. I got to work at the, at the Olympics in Atlanta. So I was really in and around athletics when I, and sports more broadly, but when I had the chance to, to take a role with EA, I think it was kind of the middle to latter part of 2002, and think about iconic brands for me, certainly the ones you mentioned, but also EA Sports. And, and so the chance to take a role working at EA Sports and moving out to California was an awesome opportunity. My wife and I moved out in the early part of 2003. And yeah, I've been with EA ever since. 
So it's been a it's been a good long ride. I've spent part of my time up in Vancouver, where we have one of our largest or one of the largest game development studios in the world. And I've had a chance to really watch this industry and video games really just explode as as a business. What I love is we sit right at this intersection of sports and technology and lifestyle and entertainment. And now we have the privilege to 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 be connecting with the better part of half the world's population are people who play games now, you know, the three-ish billion people. And it's been an amazing experience to watch the growth of EA, watch the growth, be a part of some small part of that growth and watch the growth of the industry. And I think the one thing though, that has remained true from the start is that I really believe in building community. And I've really believed in the idea that great marketing is really about building trust. And so in my time here, I've been able to be a part of building our kind of digital marketing and communications groups. We've been a part of now building out and thinking really about the total brand experience. As we move from video games on a one or two platforms into brands that are connecting across multiple business models, multiple devices. It's just an amazing opportunity. So yeah, I I moved into this job as uh, responsible for all of our marketing around a year ago, a little over a year ago. And my big priorities are building out this team and continuing to nurture and develop a, a kind of a diverse team that looks like our audience, which is people all across the world, men and women, all different kind of motivations, really building a even more transparent and an authentic way of approaching what we do. And and like I said, thinking about the entirety of that experience, the full end-to-end experience, whether you're a Madden fan, whether you're a FIFA fan, you know, whether you play Apex or The Sims or Battlefield, whether you play on mobile, whether you play on console, whether you play on PC, we think there's a huge opportunity. So that's a little bit of my story. No, that's an amazing journey. And I appreciate you sharing the uh, anecdotes on where you're taking uh, the overall company. What quick personal reflection, like we do have something in common with the Tar Heels, my brother is an alumni there, and so he he reps he reps the blue powder blue, baby blue I should say strong, and then Mac Brown as a coach at the University of Texas, and also Tar Heel who's returned and having incredible success. So I just wanted to mention that. And then as you were talking, it really sounds your team is taking just more of a holistic perspective around your consumer, which we're doing the exact same thing. And the awesome parallel between sport and gaming and tech and and even music is that they represent these spaces that are almost like universal in terms of their love language. You can go pick up a ball in any place across the world and pick up a game with someone and you don't even have to speak each other's language. Same thing with gaming. You can pick up a device and have this shared experience across a multitude of communities in a way that just basically elevates it to much more than what we even talk about within driving the business. And so from that perspective of, of, of looking at the holistic consumer journey and, and overall engagement, we're certainly thinking about it not only on the field, but off the field. How are you all continuing to develop that? What, what's, where are you going to go in terms of the edges and, and the parallels and how you can serve your consumer more effectively? I mentioned this, this idea of the, the, the total brand experience. And, and really, that's, it's, it's not a tagline. It's just the reality of how people are experiencing games. There is creation, there is the playing of games, there is competing in games, there's the 
increasingly the viewing of games, the viewing of competitions. And it's, it is a now a much more holistic experience. And we want to, we really want to create and curate an awesome experience. However, you are experiencing that brand. Again, whether you're watching, whether you're playing, whether you're streaming, whether you're sharing, we see the huge opportunity. We see the continued blurring of the lines between sports and games and entertainment and the people who are playing games and sports and the people who are creating entertainment with these products. So, you know, I, I do think for a lot of folks that esports is one that you can see and maybe understand and see where that sort of expansion is going, where that explosion is. It's thrust streamers and creators into the spotlight. And in some cases for our audience, these are as aspirational. These are heroes right alongside their favorite football player, their favorite basketball player, their favorite soccer player or hockey player. So, so, you know, we definitely see that. And it sounds like, as you guys see, you know, this blurring of the line, whether it's on the field or off the field or whether it's in the game or outside of the game. I really, I don't think it's that we make a product and then like the marketing team markets it and makes trailers and makes ads. I think the the game is the marketing. The marketing is the game. It's all part of the entertainment experience. And I think we've made a lot of strides with that over the last little bit. I think even in just in this earlier this year, like the working with the NFL on the virtual pro bowl and that, you know, and that was streaming on the NFL's channels and on our Twitch. And we had athletes and we had entertainers. It was Snoop Dogg and Keyshawn Johnson and Deshaun Watson and, you know, Derek Henry and Marshawn Lynch. And we had all of these folks playing from their home, playing, playing Madden and recreating the Pro Bowl by by playing, you know, in some cases as themselves and playing these teams. So we think that's a great form of entertainment, you know. And so whether you're playing or whether you're watching or whether you're competing, whether you're creating, I think that the the lines do really continue to blur. That's our experience. That's what we're seeing. And like you you said it, you, you talked about on the field and off the field. How, how are you guys thinking about that? How is it playing out for you there? No, I think the way you talked about the total brand experience is certainly something that we are keeping front and center of all our our future plans. And, and I think I would equate it to even the total athlete experience. Uh, and so this notion that Gatorade has been an incredibly successful company over the past 56 years as being a sports fuel company, where we're trying to shift is that from being continuing to be successful as a sports fuel company, but getting to a brand that fuels sport. And so when you unpack that and, and dive into what it means, it's across all the facets that you even mentioned, whether it's culture uh, in our world is a little bit more paying attention to nutrition and fitness and wellness, and just understanding the fact that our athletes, our consumers are dynamic. Their lives don't begin and end on the playing surface. They never have. Like you going back to the Pro Bowl example you gave, we actually saw that I have a couple of boys, 10 and 12, that we, we play Madden. Uh, and so we were able to tune in on that. And, but that insight, that unique insight has been there for a while. I can think back to the days when I was growing up. Some of the most competitive environments in our household was me basically going head to head with my brothers on Madden. And so to see it come full circle in a way that's almost more expansive and embracing the entire community that's had a shared experience is that unique tapping into that insight, whatever it is that allows for you to better serve your consumers that it represents just massive opportunity. So in our world, we're, we're thinking more and more on how we continue to 
Think about our science-backed innovations. That's something that we don't want to go away from. Uh, we having the GSSI team, which is our team that really looks at the different formulas that go into our products, critical. There's not, there's not anyone else in our space that has those type of capabilities. So we want to keep that. We want to continue to stay authentic to sport, but we also want to start to look at some of those different facets that can help us serve our communities even more effectively. So that those are you know, situations that can even inform the innovation pipeline. And then even to your point on the experiences in which consumers come to engage. So that's across every other, that's across many multitude of platforms. That's in who we speak to and making sure that we're becoming more inclusive. You mentioned how you are talking about your team and just having more diversity on the squad, but I think it's also extending to our consumer base. And so for us, it's really about taking a look at the various athletes that represent our universe and even the evolving dynamic of what sport means today, because it's not the same, like there's new different sports that are out there. And so getting back to that notion of the insights and understanding how our consumers and audiences and athletes are, are being influenced is a big one for us. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels there that we could pull from when you're talking about that holistic view and total brand experience or total athlete experience. Yeah, well, it sounds like, I mean, you talked a lot about your consumer, you talked a lot about it, your audience and the evolution of that. And, you know, one of the things I, I think a lot about here is that how do we define what, what is marketing? What does the marketing team do? And yeah, we do, we do marketing activations that people see in the world, but we're also there first and perhaps most importantly to be obsessed about our audience and to really understand them and to understand their motivations and to bring that in I think to your point, to help influence what those products are that we're bringing. So can you tell me more about what are you learning about the evolving consumer of Gatorade? Yeah, it's, it's a great question to be quite honest. We're at the beginning of this journey too. I think the notion that athletes are dynamic and their lives don't begin or end on the playing surface is something that we've always known. And so as a marketing organization, what we're trying to do is authentically represent those voices of the athletes uh, and we have a responsibility to connect with athletes in all aspects, regardless of where they're at in their lives and how they define sport. So a, a lot of that begins with even just leaning into our current partnerships. So we've got an incredible roster of athletes that we can go and have conversations with. It is leaning into the next generation. I mean, we're a brand and similar to, yeah, imagine that really the energy comes from the next generation and, and the youth generation and how they're defining sport in our case and how they're defining gaming in yours. And staying as close to them as we can, having conversations, really thinking through what is it, where are those friction points? Where can we provide a better experience? Um, and that could be in a transaction, but it's really about shifting from transactions to relationships. So the, no, the better we can get to know our consumers, the, the better we can serve them and then come with the varying marketing plans and even platforms that allow us to, to learn from them and, and deploy new, uh, new ways in which to fuel and inspire them in, in our case. And staying at the pulse of this evolution with our athletes in the same way that you talked about the evolution in your players is something that is, that's ongoing. It's 365, it's 24 seven, it's every year. You've got to be operating more nimble than maybe you have in the past. And when people talk about modern marketing, I think that's what they mean. How, what are the tools? What are the ways in which that we can stay at the pulse of the consumer, the pulse of the athlete in our case, and the pulse of the player in yours and understand where they're headed and how we can actually not only remove those friction points for the short term, but start to anticipate 
what the future may look like. And that's the exciting part about our jobs, like to be able to drive impact and do something disruptive and and really as much as we can look into a crystal ball of where the future is headed. That's that's an energizing part of it that, frankly, when I was an athlete, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I was like, how do I get to practice? How do I like not be late, not feel <laughs> running sprints? But now yeah. it's almost like you can go and say, hey, how, how do I create the, the best possible experience that there is. What about in your world? How, how are your players evolving? Like, how do you get, how's you and yeah. your team inspired on that front? Yeah, you said it. And I think we both use the word many times, the experience. What's the best possible experience? And who is this audience? And what, you know, can we look in the crystal ball to the best of our abilities and understand how to meet them where they are? And so, mm-hmm. and I mentioned this number earlier, there was a couple of hundred million people maybe when I started here who you might say played games today it's three plus billion inside of our own network across our portfolio there's a half a billion people so it's it's a huge privilege to to again not just try to connect with them with products and marketing but to understand to understand them to understand what innovation might look like to bring in those insights and I mentioned some of this before that you know we know that people come into to games to play. We know that some want to create. We know that some are there to stream. We know that some are there to watch. We know that the motivations, we know that the way they're going to interact with our products are many. So we're thinking about the experience. And and it really is about what is the experience that blurs the line in and out of games. We know that today, uh, more than half of our players will play on multiple devices. Definitely not something that was going on, you know, a few years ago. We know that almost three quarters or probably more want to engage beyond just the game itself. They want to play and then they want to go on to forums. They want to go into social channels. They want to share across other platforms that they have. They want to, they do want to, they want to watch the pro ball and then they want to go in and play. They want to watch their favorite premier league team. And then at halftime, they want to, they want to recreate, they want to try to play the game. So again, it becomes a big responsibility and to, and to think broadly about who this audience is. I'm, I wouldn't call myself a cinemaphile, but I love watching movies. And, you know, there's some people today who they may not call themselves a gamer, but They love to play games. They may be playing on their mobile device. They may be playing with their kids on a console. So again, it's understanding that and it's understanding their motivations and it's understanding perhaps like you and me, it's not just about competing and winning. It's not just about a head-to-head matchup in Madden. It's sometimes about social connection. It's sometimes about escape. It's sometimes about exploration. It's sometimes so that you can create your own world in the Sims or in, or to compete against a hundred other people and to battle in something like a battlefield. The motivations are many, and it is our job to really, to really study that and to really understand that and to really follow the trend lines and to try to help, to try to help bring that in to make better games. Now, truer words have never been spoken. My wife, Kim, is a uh, is an avid Sims player. And so the notion of creating her own world, like I, I, she's definitely up to date. Hopefully she wasn't doing it to escape our reality. And that was more, <laughs> it was yeah. more just think about, make more thinking about goals that we have. But I can certainly relate. I'm seeing that in my own household. Just a slightly different perspective. You talked about meeting the players where they're at and across a multitude of platforms. 
and how that influences their experience through exploration. But what's your perspective on the importance of brands using their platforms to drive other change? Like you think about this past year in particular from a social and cultural perspective, there's a lot going on. There's a lot that is obviously touching our consumers' lives that may not necessarily be traditionally in our wheelhouse, but certainly we have the opportunity to lean into it. So how, how are you all at EA thinking about those issues? How are, when and where are you leaning in? Such a complex dynamic, but also so important as you start to think about your brand voice and connectivity with your consumer. I think we, we both find ourselves working with teams and, and for, for brands that find themselves at the center of many cultural conversations. And we both know that your brand is really only as good as what the experience people have with us. So we get it. We know that they are, our games are big platforms. They are bringing together hundreds of millions of people. And and when I think about our team, I mentioned, yeah, we want to bring in insights. We want to help position. We want to help get to the really great games and services. We want to do really awesome, progressive, innovative marketing. But we also need to establish the the purpose and the tone and the position of these brands inside of EA and for EA as a whole. I, I think we probably all are reading every day more and more about how consumers are expecting things from brands. They're expecting brands to have a point of view. They're expecting our employees are expecting us to, to take positions. And we know that we know that trust does drive growth. We know that an, an increasingly high percentage of consumers are saying they're going to spend their time, they're going to spend their money with brands that they can trust, with brands that they feel like are transparent, with brands who are willing um, to kind of put their neck out there and to take positions. And, and I think for us, where we really want to focus it is it is in the products themselves. You know, I, I'm 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 really proud uh, to say that we are increasingly driving diversity into our games. To have the, the women's national teams in FIFA, to to have men and women inside of our games and on the battlefield and in the and in the world of Sims and heroes and heroines that are that are representing. So representation in the products themselves, I think is probably the most powerful thing we can Absolutely. do. And, and, and when we think about when, how, how do we get there? Well, it is to have diverse teams. It is to invest in dynamic talent who will help us see the world in the right way, who will help us learn as we go. But we're all learning. I think any of us would be naive to say that we're perfect and that we've got it all figured out. So how are you guys thinking about it? Is this resonate at all with your approach? Oh, absolutely. To your point, it's, it's certainly a journey. It's one that we're all going on together and we're all learning in the moment. And it goes back to what we were talking about before. This, this notion that in order to authentically represent your consumer, you've got to understand the voices and to proudly represent those voices. And in our case, particularly within the realm of sport, we have a responsibility to our athletes that they can see themselves in our brand and be proud of our actions that we take. And that is an amazing partnership. When you think about some of the individuals on our roster and the diversity that is represented there, we, we know we can do more. We know we, we recently um, launched a women's advisory council that's it's helping us out from a gender perspective 
We've got a fair amount of, of racial diversity, but we also know we need uh, tons of other lenses in which we're going to better engage with this next generation moving forward. So it's certainly the goal is to, to ensure that as we're become a bit more inclusive across the board, as we are broadening the aperture of athletes and sport, that our goal is to walk the walk and talk the talk and meet them where they're at. And so like at the end of the day, in our world, sport, no matter how you define it, is positive for the mind, body, and soul. It's something that we believe. It's something that, you know, as a team, we're inspired by. And athletes have historically been at the center of a lot of these movements for a while now. Like I'm wearing a recent collaboration that we did around the Ali Foundation uh, that really is at the center of what I'm talking about. Athlete was not... Ali, Muhammad Ali was not only a dynamic athlete, but a massive force when you talk about cultural movements and, and social movements. And, and that's one of the reasons why we consider him the GOAT. Tapping into the voice of the athlete, making sure we're doing it in an authentic way. That's the way, that's what you have to balance because there are certain things. Is it right for your brand to be a part of the conversation? That's a call that our teams make. And, and we certainly want to be able to lean in and, and do so from a place of authenticity. It's a big part of how we're thinking about it. It's something that certainly, as you, we go back to that notion of the younger generation, they are more fueled by purpose than maybe any other generation before. And in order for us to stay relevant, in order for us to continue to serve our consumers and our athletes the best way we can, we know we need to play there. Yeah. And I, and I think we, I think we, we recognize that it's the actions really that we have to make commitments around. So you mentioned the next generation, you, you, as you said, Gatorade's been around for 60 some odd years. You know, we, we're approaching 40 ourselves. And so how do you think about connecting with that next generation? This is the area where I'm learning personally. And I, and I even lean into my own kids. I mentioned them once. There are so many different platforms, partnerships out there that I, I really have to rely on my team and even rely on my kids to give me the insight. Like, they, I'll give a quick example. They spend more time consuming content on platforms like YouTube, Discord, House Party than they do watching TV. That's a, di- that's a different dynamic. Some of these platforms <laughs> I'm still becoming familiar with myself, but they will sit there and they'll look at uh, stream replays at a higher frequency than they did like going on and watching uh, certain broadcast replays. And so it's interesting to observe. And when you think about how the proliferation of these different platforms, how many there are that are getting launched on a daily basis, it, re- it requires so much focus and thinking non-traditionally about how your brand comes to life. Because the one thing I have learned is like, there's no longer a one size fits all approach. As you're looking at the platforms and looking to engage with these new generations and, and the younger consumer, they, they can tell whether or not you're showing up authentically or not. So the matter in which you engage content and marketing on TikTok is not the same as it is on Instagram. It's not the same as it is on Snap and YouTube. And so it, it requires a different sort of planning muscle and, and even methodology that our team is still learning from. And I think quite honestly, a lot of teams are still learning from. So as we look to become more familiar with those platforms and start to think about innovative solutions in which we can lean into certain ones versus others, it, it's certainly something that we're thinking about. But I, I cheat. Like I said, I've got a 10 and 12 year olds. So I'm like, I observe them and I'm not only looking at it as a responsibility as a dad, but I'm as a marketer, as a CMO, ah, that's interesting. They, they did yeah. that. We the- we're the same on that one. I think our, we've got, I've got three sons and just barely older. One is a little bit older than yours. And, and I think we've had that conversation about, particularly as we've had more time, maybe even around them in the, the last year and a half and watching that. I, I To me, I, I think it boils down to uh, a few things. One, I, I don't think any 
of our kids even know a world without social media. So they, they certainly know it more natively than we do. And I do think we can learn from them. But I think what we've seen is that social interaction has continued to move from physical to digital and the consumption of entertainment is accelerating the shift from linear to interactive. And I don't think those are new trends in the last year and a half. I definitely think they've accelerated. And you, I've been able to watch it firsthand. I've been able to see how games have become this central thread in how my kids connect and interact with their friends. And of course, they're using social media daily. They're watching YouTube. They're following Twitch. And they're getting their information from what I guess we might consider non-traditional sources, but they're they're the only sources that they would know. So we do need to be there and we want to be there to your point in a relevant way and an authentic way. And so I think, I, I think it does become the force where our energy, where our work is directed. And I guess the good news is you and I both have, we, we can case studies at home, little focus groups at home that we can do. My kids give me a hard time because in the limited moments over the past year where you know, we have had some of their friends over and maybe some of the social learning pods and stuff with being away from school. I'm always grilling them. I'm asking them what they're playing and why they're playing and, and how they're playing and how much time they're playing and, you know, what they're doing outside of the game. And, and my kids will just, it's not a focus group. <laughs> you know. <so. laughs> Yeah. Stop grilling us, Dad. Yeah, 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 exactly. I I don't know if you have this dynamic, too, but I have officially reached the maturity stage where my kids are like, you don't know who such and such is? And I'm like, no, son, I don't know who that influencer is. I don't, I'm not quite up to speed, but teach me about them. And that's the cool part of being in this space that we're at and then having kids of our age is you can learn from them like we've talked about. And it brings up another piece of even connecting with that next generation, like the notion of influence and spheres of influence. I also like to call them like authenticators, like how are you all thinking about their role as a part of your strategy? We obviously have a pro athletes on our side and we're also, we're trying to expand to other places in, in gaming, in your world, how do you all think about it, especially with all these various streamers and, and new folks said that, you know, they're becoming pros themselves? I feel like this is the the centerpiece that we've been hitting around is like, how do you get to the most authentic experiences? How do you get to the most compelling experiences? You listen and you bring them into the process, whoever them is. And for us, yes, sometimes it's athletes, sometimes it's streamers, creators, influencers. And I think it sounds like that's something central to how both of us and our teams need to operate and, and understand, well, who are the ones who drive influence? We do these things called the design councils, community design councils. And it doesn't mean that we bring in this group of, of players and say, tell us what to make. But we do bring in, that we bring them in and we engage with them regularly to help us shape our thinking. But at the, at the end of the day, we do, it is still a creative process and we have a team of incredibly talented thousands of developers, game developers all over the world who 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 have to translate these insights and need to watch these trends that we're helping to bring, but they they ultimately have to make design decisions and they ultimately have to make amazing games, but they want that input. They they want that right there. There's pictures, there's a picture back in in, in our in the lobby of our our main headquarters of the pictures back in the day when 
John Madden was sitting right there in the earliest days shaping how we would create Madden. That's real. That's what was happening. Michael Jordan right there in the old Jordan Bird games. But they're not the only ones now who are helping to influence. It is partly athletes, but it is a lot. It is a lot. Some of the most credible voices are the people who who are streaming and are playing these games and who do have incredible perspectives that we can bring. Absolutely. I think, yeah, as I mentioned, it starts with our athletes, but our definition of authenticators, influencers span even beyond that. It, it is some of the spaces that you were mentioning from, from a social perspective. We also, because of our, our science background, like we really, we uh, put a premium on sports practitioners, athletic trainers, different people within the industry that have a massive influence, coaches, if you will, at the youth level, yep. that have a massive influence uh, on our athletes. And so, as we start to think about this paradigm shift and, and completely recognizing that athletes have always been multi, multifaceted, it is a, those interesting collaborations and blends, mashups, if you will, is where you can get some amazingly disruptive thinking and really drive impact. Because to, to get the perspective of an athlete, an athletic trainer, uh, a musician and a gamer, you start to get some really interesting overlap and in spaces that uh, you wouldn't have otherwise potentially went to and leaning into that understanding and, and I love how you were speaking to it because it is a partnership. It's not something that's one way at all. It's not about, Hey, can we sign you? And then you go out and promote our brand. It's much more, what does this really look like for right. you to think across the spectrum from an innovation lens, from how we communicate this from yeah. uh, even new spaces within the brand that we we may or, or may not have leaned into without that perspective. At, at the end of the day, like these interesting opportunities, hopefully knock on wood, there's one between Gatorade and EA one day. Like we, got, we can even go <laughs> Gotta there. Gotta make it happen. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So I know we're getting close to our time. I got one more fun one to end with, and I'm really interested to hear your perspective and I'm eager to share mine. If there were no constraints, money was no object, and you weren't a CMO, what would you be and why? Well, I'll give you two. You mentioned that uh, you played for, for Mac Brown, you're a football player. You know, I got to be honest, this is going to be a huge year for the Tar Heels. I'd probably be an assistant coach on that football team, man. We're top 10, preseason. <laughs> this, this is the year. No, I'll be honest, I'd, I'd probably be far less connected to most of what we just talked about. And it may sound super simple. I just want to r- have a running store. Like I'm a big runner and I just love to be out in the middle of nowhere and have a little running shop, maybe a little coffee station right there. But I do think that's my, I guess that's my inner athlete is just getting out. And that's when I think that's when I probably do my most important work most every morning is when I just have a little time to think. So I could picture that. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I could picture just at some point being away from some of the madness and and having a little running shop. But what about you? Oh man, I, I'm going to cheat you and do two since you did it. I, and and this we are not we're not trying to cater to the crowd here. But one of my first majors at University of Texas was actually computer science, uh, and then I went over and shifted into business. And so this notion of being a programmer and getting into the development side of things, and it wasn't specifically gaming, but like that was incredibly interesting to me. It goes back to the notion of creating your own world and these experiences like that. There is a, there's a part of me that is definitely a, a proud nerd. And so going down that space was always interesting. The other one though, that I almost feel like is part of back to my passion for this, these brands and then how we continue to serve the next generation. 
My grandfather was actually a principal. My grandmother's in academia. My mom's a teacher. So I feel like outside of sport, education is the family business. And I would lean into that for the very same reason that I enjoy this role now. It's like you have an opportunity to impact the youth and the next generation in a way that they may not realize it in the moment, but as they age and become older and have that perspective and think back about moments that had impact and matter, like academics and education certainly was a part of that. I, and my grandfather changed lives of some folks in inner city Detroit. And so to be able to pay it forward, so to speak, that's at the center of what I hope we can do as marketers and the next generation. And so a teacher would probably be the one that's most realistic knowing that I gave up on my programming dream. So that's what it would be. Sounds awesome. Sounds great. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the great chat. It's been it's been fun getting to know you a little bit more. I think uh, our, our worlds will continue to uh, intersect and our paths will cross here more in the future. Absolutely, David. It's been a pleasure. Looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues. And please also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Better yet, leave us a review while you're at it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.